Good evening, brothers and sisters. It is uh, always good to be back at Harvest, and uh, thanks for your prayers again this evening and always. Uh, tonight, I invite you to uh, turn in your Bibles with me. I've made a, a, a change. Uh, we're going to look at Psalm 23 tonight. Um, so let's look together. Psalm 23, I want to focus on verse 1. I know there's one or two of you out there when I said Psalm 23, 1, probably went, oh, I just heard this sermon a few weeks ago, uh, an elder and a deacon, and maybe your wonderful family that came with you. Um, that's the risk we take as we go back and forth. Um, so we're going to look tonight at Psalm 23. I'm going to read the entire psalm um, and then just really hone in on verse 1. Psalm 23. A Psalm of David, this is the word of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's ask God to bless His Word this evening. O Lord, we come now to Your Word and to the preaching of that Word, and we pray for Your help. For Lord, we are those sheep who are weak and needy and helpless. And we ask then that tonight you would meet with us by your life-transforming word, that the good news of the Lord Jesus as our shepherd would change us, would change our attitudes, would change our perspectives, our orientation, would change, Lord, our motivations, that our fears might be replaced with faith and trust. And Holy Spirit of the living God, we ask for your assistance because without you we are nothing and can do nothing. And so please help us in Jesus' name, amen. Tonight looking together at my shepherd's identity from Psalm 23, verse 1. Psalm 23 is, is undoubtedly one of the most well-known, uh, most well-beloved psalms and chapters even in the entire Scriptures. It has comforted many of us uh, over the years, hasn't it, in our dark moments. Uh, it's a go-to place when we minister to suffering loved ones, uh, when we don't know what to say. It's what makes sense when we're going to provide a word of comfort. In uh, 13 years of ministry, I've probably leaned on Psalm 23 more than any other uh, portion of Scripture. Uh, when um, I, I gulp and my throat is full because I don't know what to say to a, a grieving widow. I don't know what to say to a family uh, whose child has just been in a wreck. Psalm 23, it seems to be that kind of a psalm, a place of Scripture, of comfort, uh, that leads us to uh, the shepherd. 
But because of its familiarity, it's easy, I think, at least for me, to take Psalm 23 at times for granted, if we're honest. Somewhat like the Lord's Prayer, perhaps, its cadence is so well known to us that it can go in one ear and out the other. At Grace Fellowship, we're working our way slowly through Psalm 23, verse at a time, and this evening I'd like to turn our attention to verse 1, arguably the most well-known verse of the most well-known psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And here's what I'd like to do this evening as we look together at verse 1. Uh, first, uh, consider why we need a shepherd. If the Lord is our shepherd, then why do we need a shepherd? Secondly, uh, who our shepherd is then? And if you're not a Christian here tonight, uh, who your shepherd could be? And I've prayed for you uh, that tonight you would turn to the good shepherd. And then thirdly, what our shepherd does, how our shepherd provides. So, uh, why do we need a shepherd, first of all? In his helpful little book, uh, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, Philip Keller uh, writes about the life of a shepherd uh, because he was one uh, in East Africa, which was uh, very uh, similar to the ancient Near East in the kind of context that uh, King David would have found himself in as a shepherd boy who wrote this psalm. And one of the most helpful things that Keller does in that little book is uh, just to, to show that it's no accident that God calls you and me sheep. Of all the animals, He calls us sheep. Consider with me four uh, characteristics of sheep that will be helpful as we think about the fact that we are sheep in need of a shepherd. Uh, the first is that sheep are helpless. Uh, sheep will die without their shepherd. Sheep are unable to get food and water by themselves. They require, says Keller, more than any other class of livestock, endless attention and meticulous care. Sheep provide virtually nothing. They're incredibly needy. They're totally dependent. They're also, secondly, foolish. Spurgeon said of sheep, if there is a hole in the hedge, they are sure to find it and press through. That's quite, a, quite an image, isn't it? It's normal for sheep to wander off of good and, and lush pastures and good sources of water. It's also common for sheep to, to stay in one place too long so that they're actually gnawing at roots and, and dirt instead of green pastures. Keller speaks of one sheep in particular uh, who was notorious for wandering off. Every time he would look out at his flock, he would see this one sheep near the fence, always trying to get out, always trying to find uh, greener grass, never content, always wandering off. Sheep are helpless, sheep are foolish. Sheep are, thirdly, vulnerable. They're vulnerable creatures. Uh, they're almost always at danger from predators, from coyotes, from wolves, from vultures, especially when a sheep gets what's called cast down. 
If a sheep finds a soft place to, to lay down, sometimes the sheep can roll over. And when a sheep rolls over, it's called being cast. And the sheep's uh, limbs are in the air, but it can do nothing, absolutely nothing to save itself. Circulation will stop. And within a couple of hours, if not rescued, the sheep will die. And when a sheep is cast down, it's especially vulnerable, of course, to attacks. And sheep are also stubborn. Sheep rarely learn from their mistakes. They don't just wander off one time and learn their lesson. They keep making the same mistake over and over again. Now, do these sound familiar at all? When I preached on this text, I happened to look in the front row. I'm going to avoid doing that tonight. And Matt Weiss, who you all know, was sitting in the front row. And I said, does this sound familiar to anyone? And I was looking exactly at Matt. And everybody laughed because we all know Matt and we all love Matt. And he agreed with me afterwards that that was pretty accurate. Although he also said that he, he could be called the donkey as well. But his sheep works. Isaiah 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. See, friends, we are helpless, aren't we? We don't think we are often, but we are. We're from the dust, and we're weak, and we're needy. And we virtually give God nothing. In fact, we contribute nothing whatsoever to our salvation. We have nothing in our hands to bring. We have nothing to offer. We are entirely bankrupt. And we're foolish. We leave the green pastures of His Word quickly. We forget the promises of His gospel constantly. He gives us boundaries to protect us, to nourish us, to feed us, to help us flourish, but we are constantly trying to push against them to see if maybe the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Jeremiah 2 says, the Lord speaks saying, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they have hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So not only as sheep do we forsake the living God who alone can satisfy us, but we go looking for satisfaction in things that can never bring us joy. This is foolishness. Keller speaks of a group of sheep being led down to a magnificent mountain stream. He writes, The snow-fed waters were flowing pure and clear and crystal clean between lovely banks of trees, but on the way, several stubborn sheep stopped instead to drink from small, dirty, muddy pools beside the trail. The water was filthy and polluted, not only with the churned-up mud from the passing sheep, but even with the manure and urine of previous flocks that had passed that way. Still, these stubborn sheep were quite sure it was the best drink obtainable. We're helpless, we're foolish, we're vulnerable, we're vulnerable, we're vulnerable to attacks. 
were vulnerable to being cast down. Keller says in his book that even the strongest of the sheep can become cast down. We remember Paul's words, take heed, take heed lest you fall. And we're, we're vulnerable and we're weak, aren't we? We're prone to attack. I have felt that as a church planter, as a pastor recently, just, just the attack, just the reality of what we're trying to do, right? We're, we're trying to advance the gospel. We're trying to lift up the name of Jesus. We're trying to gather together a, a people, a church, to know and love and serve each other and Satan's going to attack, and the world is going to attack, and if that's not enough, then I have my own flesh to deal with. We're vulnerable people. We're weak. We're foolish, and we're stubborn. We don't easily learn from our mistakes. We keep repeating the same sin over and over again, despite even their destructive nature. So, for us to understand the, the significance, the beauty, the glory of verse 1, the fact that the Lord is my shepherd, we have to understand, we have to get this, that we are sheep. We're helpless, we're foolish, we're vulnerable, we're stubborn, we're weak creatures. That's why we need a shepherd. Now, secondly, who is that shepherd then? Who's that shepherd? What is he like? Uh, the, the happiness, the well-being, the flourishing of a sheep is entirely dependent upon the shepherd. I was a shepherd once. Uh, I think it was maybe for a few weeks. And I had a sheep. I have no idea why my mom and dad allowed this. Um, and it died. Uh, and so, I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know if they're trying to teach me a lesson. <laughs> Uh, it, didn't, it didn't go well. We had a funeral for the sheep. I remember that. Um, he didn't have a good shepherd. Apples did not have a good shepherd. But what kind of shepherd do we have? David, the shepherd turned king of Israel, says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, let's just unpack that for a few moments. First of all, notice the Lord, all caps, the Lord Jehovah, Yahweh, first revealed in Exodus chapter 3 to Moses when God said, I am that I am. This reminds us of two things about God, the Lord, our shepherd. First, of His self-sufficiency. God does not need anything or anyone. This is the opposite of helpless, the opposite of dependent. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. In Him we live and we move and we have our being. He needs nothing. He can do all things. It's hard for us to comprehend that. This is an incommunicable attribute. We live every single moment in dependency upon Him for breath and for life and for all things. But God just is the Lord. It also speaks of eternality. He is the eternal one, the unchangeable one, the triune God. Boys and girls, God never had a beginning. 
and God will never have an end. Maybe a month ago now, Ken Vandermolen invited Naomi and me to a stargazing show. Some of you have attended these. We saw Saturn and its rings, Jupiter and its moons, reminded that the distance from the earth to the sun is 93 million miles away. Ken said if you take that distance and shrink it to a three-inch scale so that 93 million miles represented three inches, the next closest star to the earth would be in Denver, Colorado. That's astonishing to me. (laughs) This universe, we don't have a clue how big it is. And God made it just like that. that's, That's the shepherd that David's talking about. The almighty, the self-sufficient, the eternal, the all-powerful Lord. He's not weak. He's not dependent. He's not helpless. He's he's the Lord God. But notice David says, not only is he the Lord, he is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. In ancient Israel, shepherds were on the lowest rung of the social ladder, weren't they? Youngest sons usually served this role. No one wanted it. It was a dirty job. It was a thankless job. It was a constant job, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. James Boyce says, day and night, summer and winter, in fair weather and foul, they labored to nourish, guide, and protect the sheep. And then he asks this, who in his right mind would choose to be a shepherd? Boys and girls, the answer to that is God. In the most shocking of condescensions, the Lord who made the universe became a shepherd to a bunch of dirty, helpless, wandering, stubborn, and foolish sheep who He didn't need, but He absolutely and nevertheless loves, whose greatest joy is to care for us, to see that our daily deepest needs are met. And how can we know that that's what our shepherd's like, this Lord, this God? Because in the most amazing of realities, this shepherd also became the sheep, didn't he? He became the sheep. He became the lamb. We've sung of it tonight about our Redeemer. John said, Behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord God has laid on him, the Lamb, the iniquity of us all. The transcendent Lord is your shepherd. That means there's nothing that He cannot do. That means that whatever you're experiencing tonight has been ordained. That means His arm is not too short to accomplish whatever purpose He has in your life. That means He knows all things. He can do all things. He's acquainted with every single one of your ways to the smallest of detail. 
He's glorious. He's transcendent. He's awesome. But He also is your shepherd who became a sheep to go to the cross. So not only can He do all things, but He is willing to do whatever is best for you. And how do we know this? Because He gave up everything for us. If God, who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not, along with Him, graciously give us all things? All things. That's what our shepherd does, finally. He provides. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, when I was a boy growing up in the church and I heard that verse over and over again, it always kind of confused me. I was a slow kid, perhaps. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I thought, well, why wouldn't I want the Lord as my shepherd? But that's not what it means, children. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack anything that I need. That's what it means. All that I need, you see, is found in Him. He will supply all that I lack materially, not a promise here of health, wealth, and prosperity, but of daily bread, of sufficiency. Psalm 34, 9 and 10 puts it like this. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. For those who fear Him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. God is going to take care of you as you seek Him. He's your shepherd. And He also provides all that we need spiritually, doesn't He? Things we need the most, forgiveness and redemption and eternal life. How does He do that? Uh, it's described in Psalm 23. For example, just in verses 2 and 3, He makes me lie down in green pastures. It's easier said than done for a shepherd to get a sheep to lie down. There are a number of reasons why sheep don't easily and gladly and consistently lie down. A lot of times it's because they're bothered, they're distracted, they're at enmity with one another, they're discontent, but a good shepherd will work and labor to make sure that a sheep lies down in comfort and peace. He leads me beside still waters. The shepherd knows what we need when we need it. He restores my soul. He takes us from our cast position, and He literally flips us over again. And, 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 and a shepherd will, will rub the legs of a sheep that's been cast until the circulation comes back. And the shepherd will then tenderly speak to the sheep because the sheep's been, been scared to death. And the shepherd, a good shepherd, will assure the sheep that everything's going to be okay. And that's what the shepherd does. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I will uphold you. I will strengthen you with my righteous right hand. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Can you say that tonight? 
Can you say that this shepherd is mine? He doesn't say the Lord is our shepherd, though that's true corporately, covenantally. He says the Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that tonight? This Lord, this God, this, this Jehovah is my shepherd. This shepherd is mine. I, I belong to him. I'm not my own, but I belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, my faithful shepherd, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has delivered me from the tyranny of the devil. Can you say that he also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven? In fact, can you say that all things must work together for my salvation? Can you say, can I say, because I belong to him, Christ by his Spirit also assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Here's the truth. Here's the reality. Even if you are one of the shepherd's sheep, you will continue to be, and I will continue to be, helpless, foolish, vulnerable, and stubborn until we reach the other shore. But this shepherd will never, ever leave you or forsake you. Now, if you're here tonight and you can't say, the Lord is my shepherd, he's inviting you to do that tonight. He's inviting you uh, through His Word to good pastures. Perhaps you've been, you've been trying to find it on the other side of the fence. Let me just ask you this question. Is the grass greener? If you're here tonight and you're not walking with Christ, can you convince me that the grass is greener on the other side? Here's the truth from God's Word. The grass is not greener on the other side, no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard we run in the opposite direction, no matter how hard we say, I'm going to do it my way, it will never bring lasting joy, lasting satisfaction. It will never deal with our deepest need, which is to be forgiven and justified. The only place to find true and lasting eternal joy is by coming to Jesus in His good pasture because at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. And when we know Him as our good shepherd, He leads us, doesn't He? And He doesn't leave us. And He nourishes us. And He sustains us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this shepherd, for revealing yourself to us, O Lord, as the Lord of lords, the strong and mighty one, but the one who has come to us. Father, may we be able to say, each person here, the oldest to the youngest, regardless of what we bring to the table, we have nothing to offer. Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. 
So rescue us, O Lord. Show us that you are who you are and who you've revealed yourself to be. Lead us to the Lord Jesus. Lead us to that shepherd. And and might we each day experience the nearness that Jesus gives to us by his spirit. So Lord, we, we thank you for reminders from familiar places. But Father, may it stir us up this evening May we not go to bed tonight until we can say for sure that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I will not lack anything. He will provide for all that I need, both in this life and the life to come. Father, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to conclude tonight by singing, Jesus shall reign where'er the sun Jesus shall reign where'er the sun. The Lord Jesus reigns, and it's the same Savior who is our shepherd and our king. So let's sing to him.
And all God's people said, amen, amen. Receive God's blessing. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Spirit be and abide with you all. Amen.